Meet Jade. Jade is a busy professional who is constantly on the go. Jade knows that to look good, feel great, and have the energy to thrive, she needs to live an active and healthy lifestyle, but often feels overwhelmed by all the different advice she receives. Despite Jade's efforts to eat clean and work out, she often feels fatigued because of her busy schedule. A friend comes to her rescue by introducing her to Life Fuel's Daily Essential Shake. Jade finds that it meets the criteria of everything on her list and it doesn't contain soy, dairy, or artificial ingredients, all of which Jade has eliminated from her diet. If you're like Jade and are seeking convenient, effective, all-natural solutions, the Daily Essentials Shake may be exactly what you've been searching for. Formulated to provide you with everything you need to optimize your health so you can get on with life and live your fullest every day. What is up, Arizona? Welcome to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, high school basketball. Here we talk about everything small ball, and as coaches in the Valley, we understand that these guys don't get enough love or recognition. We talk about scores, coaches, teams, and players all at Arizona Small Ball. It is Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. Reyes is here with me as always, and we hope you guys all had a great Memorial Day weekend. Shout out to all the people that have lost somebody while they were serving our country. Shout out to the troops. Our thoughts and prayers go out to you guys. Thank you for your service. Today's episode is all about officiating in Arizona small ball. This is going to be a really fun one because it's kind of a controversial thing. Coaches love talking about officials, and it's going to be pretty sweet. We're going to talk about why a lot of officials are walking away from the game how we can all maybe help with that. And we're even going to sit down with one of the best officials in Arizona small ball, Joshua Gregg, and see things from his point of view. Before we get into all that, there are a lot of different kind of basketball referees out there that no doubt all of you coaches and players have seen in Arizona small ball. Reyes, what are some of the stereotypes that you came up with? Yeah, yeah, coach. So some of the funnier ones that I think a lot of them can ref- uh, relate to is the referee coach. And what I mean mm. by that is that's the referee that's always coaching you on the side, maybe through like during like a free throw or if you get fouled and you complain about it, they'll pull you to the side and explain like how to get a better position or how to score. So there's always the referee coach. That's one of the Sometimes most. Sometimes that's a little much. Yeah. Cause like it's hard to, cause I get what they're saying. Cause like they, their opinion and their advice is based on how they would officiate it, not how the, their partner would, you know? Sure. So, sure. So, I mean, it's a little biased right there, but hey, you know, sometimes you got to take pointers and maybe you build that relationship and he'll give you a few calls. You never know. Is that kind of the same ref that doesn't call fouls but tells players, get your hands off, son, get your hands off? Yes, exactly. Oh, I hate that. I'm like, dude, just call the foul. Just do it because you're like, that's a hand check. And you keep telling the kid, keep your hand off. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> that's the same thing. Uh, another another stereotype too, which is kind of funny, is the track star. I like calling him the track star. <laughs> this, is the, this is the ref coach who's always going a hundred miles per hour up and down the court, regardless of whether it's transition or if it's just a steady, you know, walking up to the half court, getting to a half court set. They're just regardless, a hundred miles full full throttle, which is kind of funny. Um, it's like they're they're somehow like ten times faster than all the kids. It's crazy. For some reason, yeah, I don't get it. You know, obviously, they were probably athletes before back in the day. Who knows? Sure, That's why they sure. get the name, the track star. Um, <laughs> one of the funnier ones, which you don't really get to see a lot, but if you do, you cherish that moment and that ref because it's so fun, which I like to call the Terry Crews referee. 
And for those fans listening who don't know the Terry Crews, what I'm referencing, if you ever seen White Chicks, there's a scene where he has a shirt off and he has a whistle and he's beeping the whistle. And he's kind of doing a little dance move and stuff like that. And so in other words, it's the rep that over exaggerates the call with the hand gestures, the body language, or just to make sure he gets his point across on how the call is made. So if he does a body, he pulls a full thrust into his body to call the body. Uh, if he, someone gets hit, he does like a big hack to his arm. Right, even like the charge, you know, that's the best. You know, they put their put their head, hand behind their head and just like, boom, they just drive that fist into the air. That's awesome, man. That's the best. Or even like the N ones where they just throw the hand down. They're like, N one. Like, that's funny. Dude, I love that, man. That is so funny. And last but not least, we've all dealt with this one before. And I like to call it the pity rev. And mm, mm-hmm. this one is always mad because I, in my imagination, because it's like when I get upset with rest, when they make bad calls. On <laughs> I, I think, What's funny is you never really know this. You're just kind of assuming, you know. Exactly. You don't know this. So this is like, this is my bias. This is my opinion. It's just kind of funny. I think I call it the pity rep because I feel like that rep is mad because they weren't good enough to play. So they take out their frustration by getting the best player two quick fouls so he can sit or trying to get coach teed up right away. Just like something to grind the team's overall just like gear, you know, they're just trying to get them a little upset. So I feel like a lot of times for me, when I start to think that I'm mad at a ref and that's how I justify it in my mind, I'm like, well, he never even played sports before. He's just mad. And that's why I became a ref. You know, that's how I always view it. Yeah, that's the way I always feel. It's, yeah. So it's, especially when like, if it's the pity ref and the referee coach combined into one, yeah, sometimes you're going to get a healthy mix. You know what I'm saying? You might have the referee coach and the Terry Cruz ref. And that one's always fun. Cause like I said, <laughs> They might show. They might grab the ball during a timeout and show you a little quick hitter. How maybe how to do an in and out or something like that. You know. So, oh, I know, man. I hate it when refs just peek into the huddle and they're just like in the huddle, being like, "Oh, uh, just telling you something that you don't even need to hear." Gosh, I I got a couple well, of ref stereotypes. One of them that is my personal favorite. I actually posted this uh, on social media. Is the buff ref. And uh, the, the reason I love this so much is that you guys have all seen this, where there's a ref that shows up, and this guy is jacked. It looks like he can take on your whole team. And every single – and his shirt is obviously, like, four sizes too small, right? And Yeah, he's probably an XL wearing a medium. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and he – every single call that he makes, it's like he doesn't make calls unless a call helps him accentuate his muscles, right? So he'll, like, make a call and he'll call traveling and he'll really flex and go really slow and, like, move those – that's traveling. And he's, like, flexing his muscles all the way through. That's always my favorite. Uh, when he does, like, the block, you know, he'll, fe- he'll flex his, his biceps or he's that's a hole on the arm and he's just, like, flexing really hard. The, the buff ref is one of my favorites. I, I really love that. If I was a ref, I would hope that I was that one, maybe. That's what I'm saying. I feel like if I was, like, the buff rep, I would want to get super jacked. And so when I call a charge, you just see my bicep just skadoosh, like, just out there. You know, just everybody knows, like, I work out, but I'm probably taking some supplements. Uh, for sure, taking some, some supplements. And who would mess with you, right? No one's going to mess exactly. with you. Exactly. No one's going to mess with you. The coach is not going to argue with you because, you know, they might have some anger issues and they might want to meet you in the parking lot, you know? I know. Gosh, man. I, I actually – I refed uh, – my first introduction to ever officiating was an elementary school game. And uh, I ref this elementary school game and I had a parent stand up and yell at me and say, I want to see you outside in the parking lot. And I was literally like in a junior in high school. And I was like, wow, this is, I never want to do this ever again. <laughs> and I, I rarely did it after that, except when I had to do it in college. 
Uh, my next one is the baller ref. We've all seen this. I was actually uh, it's a close second to the buff ref, but this is the ref that can actually play a little bit, you know, in timeouts at halftime. He's shooting around a little bit. There's actually a ref in Arizona small ball that can throw it down pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you guys have all seen good. him. What's gets- his name? Do you know his name? Gosh, I do not know his name, but for those of you who are listening and who know his name, please send it our way. We'd oh, that'd be fun to interview him actually. But I know huh? he played a little bit actually. I was able to talk to him. I believe I believe he played D two, and like I said, like just like what you said, he gets up, man. So during halftime, even warm ups, man, he'll just be like, hey, let me see the ball. He'll just do it between the legs or something, something like. And it seems so effortless for him. So it's like, wow, you can get up pretty good. And he's also a really cool guy. Really uh, nice guy. He's down to earth. Yeah, I love it when refs can actually entertain a little bit during timeouts and halftime. That's pretty fun. So I like the baller ref. If you coach, you have no doubt seen some of these stereotypes. They're pretty funny. Something that maybe you have missed, though, is the growing problem really in all high school sports everywhere, which is a shortage of high school officials. AIOnline.org released an article entitled More Officials, Better Fan Behavior Needed in High School Sports. The article said this. According to the National Association of Sports Officials, registration of officials across the country is down about 30% this year. Tennessee and Georgia have reported declines in baseball umpires. In one county in Georgia, one middle school had to cancel its baseball season due to a lack of umpires. Can you believe that? Not being able to have a season because you don't have any officials. That's crazy. That's sad. That's so sad. The article continues to say this. COVID was obviously a factor in all of this, but for other officials, the pandemic was a secondary concern compared to the verbal abuse they received from fans mostly parents it is particularly hard for rookie officials to overcome the verbal shots that they hear from parents i think all of us in one way or another have had a run-in with not maybe verbally abusing sounds really bad but you know saying something to a ref that's very negative uh, it's obviously affecting officials coming out and not only officials coming out but officials sticking with the gig and, and staying with that job. And an article in the Salt Lake City News, Jeff Clough, an assistant director in charge of officials for the UHSAA, had the following to say about unruly fans in the state. Parents are out of control. Kids are learning. The officials are learning. Coaches are learning. We have lots of people who are interested in officiating. If we could keep these officials, we would be fine. The article went on to say this. Schools across the country need two things. Number one, more individuals to consider officiating high school sports. And number two, an improvement in fan behavior so that officials don't have to deal with verbal abuse and can feel good about continuing to officiate. Despite the fun and rewards that come with officiating high school sports, no one really wants to continue if they're continually berated by fans. Equally important, I thought this was was interesting. Let's do all that we can to keep the men and women who are currently giving of their time to officiate middle school and high school sports. Next time you think about yelling at the referee during a high school contest, just don't. It, honestly, it seems to me like fans are just way out of control after the pandemic. I know you've probably seen some of this in the NBA. Yeah, I was about to say, like, this, like, just happened. Didn't this, like, something happened, like, yesterday where Kyrie got hit with, a, like, a water bottle? He didn't get hit. But the guy threw it at him, and well, you see, he got like a charge with like assault or battery or something—not battery, but assault. Well, no, someone, no, someone else, someone else got a charge with that. I was like, I saw that too. But like going back to the high school side of things, like we know, like man, we've been as like it's like at our home games, coach. Like you know, it's so fun because like we're a small town, small community. People get into it; they love like it. That. People get into it. You know, they love showing love to their local high school and stuff like that. And we've been to other schools, especially some of the res teams. You know. When that when that gym is packed, 
it can get very nerve wracking for an official because man, whatever call you make that's against them, they just think it's the worst call you've ever made in your life. Right. And they will scream out. But like to the point where fans are just being belligerent and just being just overall just rude. Like that's not the game. Like, you know what I'm saying? I get like you're a fan and you're trying to support your team and you're trying to show pride by, you know, arguing with the official. But at, at the end of the day, like the official's not going to agree with you, you know, like they, they, they do their best to block out the noise. So like, at the end of the day, like you shouting like just vulgar words and stuff like that, it's not going to do anything to impact the game. You might get your other team teed up, you know, or something like that. But. If anything, it's going to hurt you, you know. Exactly. So it's just like we can, if we can just keep this at a respectable level, I just think it'd be so great. And like I said, for the rookies coming up, you know, the refs that want a ref, but they're just like, oh, I don't want to get like screamed at by like thousands of people because of one call I make. So they're just not going to do it. I think we were able to ease them into it, you know what I'm saying? Just be respectable and, like, you know, just enjoy the game, how it's supposed to be played. Sure. I think that'd be great and be better for the game in the long run. And it's so easy as a fan or as a coach to view an official in a certain negative way. And I'm speaking to myself as well when I say this because I am far from perfect, as you know. But because we view these referees or these officials in a specific way, we tend to justify saying and treating officials pretty terrible. You know, like, like we would never yeah. yell at our mechanic or throw things at our waiter if they got something wrong. Now, I know the stakes are higher because nobody wants to lose a specific game, especially if it's in the playoffs. But it's important to remember as coaches, these guys are these officials are giving of their time for not a whole lot of money. They're absolutely hearing it from the crowds and the fans. If they're also getting yelled at by coaches, this is probably going to stop them from coming back and officiating. Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, good, he shouldn't be doing it anyways. He's terrible. But I think we could all, as coaches, set a better example of how to treat officials, like not throwing chairs in the middle of the court, as some of you guys saw that I posted on social media this past week. But I think we could all do better with that. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Obviously, numbers are down because of the pandemic. Hopefully, it kind of shoots back up again. But I think more importantly, fans just need to remember how to behave in public because I think we've been locked up for so long. You finally get to go and things kind of go crazy. It's definitely affecting the game. I'm going to make this like really bold statement. If you don't want your kids basketball season to be canceled, stop yelling at the refs. That's not going to happen. But yeah, just, watch you know. the game, you know, make your little comments and that's it, you know. Right. We got an official coming up that is one of our favorites in Arizona small wall. But before we talk with him, check this out. We talked about refing stereotypes earlier in the show. There is a refing stereotype that we didn't mention earlier, and that's the get better referee. This type of referee is someone who is always trying their best to get things right and improve themselves as an official. We wanted to talk to Joshua Gregg on the show because this is exactly what he's like, man. Uh, if, if you've ever had uh, Joshua as an official, he works hard. He has a great way of interacting with coaches and players. If he makes a mistake, he addresses it and moves on. He's just great to have around. So we wanted to get his perspective of officiating. Josh, once again, man, just thanks for hopping on the show with us, man. We're excited to have you. No, oh, thank you. It's an honor to give back to the game. And those are very kind words, what you said about me. So I appreciate it. Hey, it's all the truth, man. We only tell the truth here. Before we even get started, man, I got to tell you this quick story about you. You probably don't even remember this because you probably said this so many times. We were playing in the Coconino League a few years ago, and you refed our, our game, and you came up to our head coach, and you said, hey, I just want – I know that you're recording the game. 
I was just wondering if I could get that game film from you so I could kind of break down how I reffed and what I could do better and things like that. And I thought that was just super cool, man. Like that was one of the things that really stuck out to me about you. And honestly, that was one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show because, you know, you always want to get better. You always want to improve yourself. So I thought that was pretty cool, man. That's awesome. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, game film sure does help. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so we know that officiating is not all that you do. Just for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about yourself outside of being an official? Sure. Um, you know, I've been living in Flagstaff, Arizona for a few years. I came from Cleveland, Tennessee. I got a wife and uh, four beautiful girls. Uh, I pastor a church in Flagstaff. So uh, that's right what on, I do. Man. That's the main call in my life. And I'm a man of faith. And so that's directed me to uh, where I'm at in my life. And I'm very grateful that the Lord opened up doors like officiating and being a part of that. That's cool. What part of Tennessee are you from again? Uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. It's 30 miles north of Chattanooga. Okay, gotcha. I used to live in Memphis, Tennessee for two years. I love oh, Tennessee, man. It's the bomb. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Cool. I bet you kind of miss a barbecue, huh? Oh, man. There's a lot of Southern food I miss. That's for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure, man. So, so growing up, were, were you from Tennessee? Right. I was born and raised in that area. Okay. Gotcha. Were you heavily involved in sports in high school or? Um, I, you know, I grew up playing sports. Uh, I was all in as a child and uh, played basketball a little bit in high school for a team. And, and um, even out of college, when I graduated college, I was able to jump in some coaching. So I've had both worlds. I coached uh, basketball in high school and uh, some football. So I had the great privilege of knowing both sides of a officiating and coaching which has been a big help for me yeah that's really cool and and honestly man just watching you officiate I can that makes sense because you have a really good way of working with coaches and stuff what were you better at basketball or football oh basketball you yeah. know uh, <laughs> you're pretty big I only man. I enjoyed basketball still do um but I don't play anymore just like being on the court officiating it you know so but I only I only did some coaching in football I never played football but oh, okay. coaching football is a that's a whole lot of fun for sure. It's a, uh, it's an intense uh, coaching experience, you know. Yeah, it's a different environment. Definitely. Uh, I used to play football and stuff like that. So I know the environment from basketball to football, just the intensity itself. It's just a different world, man. It's different players, too. I feel like the basketball players and football players, they're just two different groups, like literally just two different individuals, you know. Yeah, it's it's. um. It, it's and it, both of them are, are excellent in teaching character and team yeah. and all that stuff. That's that's some of the things I really uh, got a lot of joy out of doing and influencing young people. It's a lot of fun. Did you coach football back in Tennessee? Right, just in a high school. I was in my father-in-law was head coach. I got to help out on defense and and uh, I got to do basketball a little bit more than than football. So. Okay, gotcha, man. Coaching football in Tennessee is no joke, man. That stuff is king back there. It's yeah, football's uh, there's a big emphasis in football, no doubt. Yeah. That's <laughs> cool. So, how long did you coach basketball for? Were you pretty successful there? Uh, no, yeah, I mean, successful with the players. Our team really didn't climb the ladder when it came to wins and losses. Uh, but you know, I, I kind of very successful in influencing young people. Some of them still talk to me today, awesome. and uh, so. I, I spent two years as a head coach, so. Okay, that's that's awesome, man. That's really cool. So then, you know, you pastoring a church outside of being an official, 
how did like I guess so you were involved in coaching a lot um how did you end up actually becoming an official because you were probably a pastor before you were an official correct right you know when I came to Flagstaff I started the Ponderosa Baptist Church and needed to get some side work so I jumped into the city rec league just working as a staff member and while I was working there I was coaching city leagues and they started needing someone to help out do some officiating and so I jumped in, you know, I'm still on the basketball court having fun. And and it kind of led into how I became an official with, uh, you know, to more in the way of AIA and so forth. A guy named Art Uliberry, who's been officiating for AIA probably 25 plus years. He was like, Josh, you know, I'm going to try to help you out. You run over here, run over there, stop here, stop there. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> quit blowing over here. <laughs> and uh, then he's, then he, you know, he said, you know, you need to, you need to try to do this in high school, you know, jump in the AIA. So he was influential for me to, uh, to jump in and, and become an AIA official and, and then go from there, you know. That's really cool. Uh, I'm, we'll get into this a little bit later, but I feel like if anybody ever yelled at you, you know, from, from the stands as a fan, you could just over to them and say, Hey, you know, I'm a pastor at Ponderosa church or whatever, you know, (laughs) come and visit me. You know, that'd be pretty funny, man. Oh, you know, I, 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 I I would like to think it'd go that smooth, you know, but uh, uh, I tend to think that I'll meet him somewhere out in town one day and say, Oh, you're that guy on that court. Well, I'll never come to your church. You crazy guy. (laughs) No, man, that would not be the case at all, man. That's cool. That's really sweet, man. Well, I'm glad you got involved in the officiating game because you're, you're seriously one of the best in Arizona small ball, man. Oh, very kind. I I really enjoyed giving to it and uh, working hard. Oh, yeah. So if you could describe your overall experience as a referee in one word, what would it be? Overall experience, one word, and that's tough to do. Um, <laughs> that's a pretty tough one, huh? Tough, man. You know, I, I guess it's, there's a, a thrilling. Uh, it's such a thrill because it's excitement with um, uh, all the anticipation, the preparation, and then uh, the, the climax of the game, everything leading into the game, and then the meat of the game, and then the post of the game. Every it's just a thrill. Uh, I get a big thrill out of officiating. It's it's a thrill for me. I'm just curious because I've never actually got to talk to an official, so I'm really excited to do this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I know. So what you talked about, like the preparation for it. What are some of the things that you do to prepare before you officiate a game? Oh, the pregame routine. Do you have that? Yeah, I do. Uh, I pregame rituals um, all the way from, um, you know, a certain time when I want to be there at the gym to I go very specific to I break. I start breaking things down by uh, minutes and I want to be here at this time. I want to be stretching at this time. I want to be talking to the crew at this time, going over key things. And and uh, so I all the way to when, what time we walk out onto the floor and uh, what I'm looking at this time when the clock is going down to this time, all the way to the tip. Boom. And so um, and that's helped me a lot. And again, that's a thrill, all that preparation. And then there's even before I get to the gym and um, start the pregame rituals, looking at game film, I'll spend time knowing the team's. Uh, getting on max preps, trying to figure out uh, the names of the starters. I want to know the coach, the assistant coach. I like wow. so I can walk by number three and say, John, that was a great game last night. I saw you scored 10, 20 or something like that, you know, to build some relationship 
uh, try to put a lot of pregame effort into that stuff. Yeah, you really do your due diligence, literally. That's awesome. That's <laughs> that is cool. a lot, man. I didn't wow. – Hey, I would never think that, never. It helps a lot to uh, get all that extra in there, you know. Try to look at it, and I've been influenced from others about this stuff, but I try to look at it. You know, there's some things that I can already work and and to help the game be be better. You right. know, there's something I cannot help. There's things I can prepare and help, and so – I can know players' names, if I can know the table, their names, uh, who's got the clock, who's got the score, you know. If I can do all that kind of stuff, it'll make it a smoother game. And uh, it's paid off, you know. Even when you have a situation that seems to escalate, if you know people who they are and you've already got a connection, a relationship, it just calms down the scene, you know. Man, you are absolutely right. That is so cool. I'm so glad I asked you that, man, because I didn't <laughs> I didn't even think about that with with officials going through that detailed of stuff and that that's really cool, man. That that's awesome. When I was in college, uh one of the things that I always had to do before I didn't play much in college. So when I would go in, I was really excited, but also kind of nervous. I'd always sit on the sidelines when I was at like the scores table. There was one specific time I was praying and I was like, man, God, just help me, you know, help me to make the right choices, help me to do good. And then um, I got so focused on my prayer, the buzzer sounded and I did. I was still it's almost like Hoosiers. I think that's the movie where it's at, you know, and I'm just, I'm just <laughs> kneeling there. And my mind was so foggy because I just got snapped out of it. I went and I subbed him for the wrong person. My coach got mad at me. And I was like, man, that's rough. But it's, <laughs> it's so good to have. I, I thought you get a kick out of that. But, yeah, it's so good to have pregame routines, man. It's awesome. No, definitely. I agree. So what is the biggest game you think you've ever officiated? You know, it, it might sound silly, but uh, I'll say first off, uh, as officials, we want to, of course, approach every game as a big game. You yeah. know, uh, but when I, I guess if you look at um, – with what was riding on the game and the crowd and all that would be uh, the 3A boys state final that I did. That, uh, that was a pretty big game, you know, to get that state final, a lot riding on that game, you know. I was about to say, because, like, you you officiate a lot in Flagstaff, right? So I would assume mm-hmm. that – do you do the rivalry game of Coco and Flag? I would imagine that's a pretty big game. That's a big game. Um, I've had that honor a couple times. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Lots of riding, uh, but uh, there's nothing like doing the state final. Uh, you yeah. know, you got the two top teams in that in that class going for the big crown. You know, everything's riding on it. Yeah. And you know, another um, probably what I put underneath uh, the state final, believe it or not, is the three A North Regional Championship. Okay. I've mm-hmm. got to do that I yeah. think three or four times. And when there's seven thousand people and you're doing that final game with that kind of intensity. Oh, that's, that's pretty wild. <laughs> I was about to say, I feel like a lot of people don't understand. Well, I bet, I bet now that, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of other people covering, like, small ball or have been. But, like, the emphasis on res ball and those reservation teams, I don't think people really understand what turnout they get for fans, man. Like, those people up there in those reservations, they love eat, breathe, sleep basketball. So, when yeah. they, yeah, whenever the two teams are in that North region champ, Gosh, I can only imagine what it's like that atmosphere. Jeez. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's hard to beat of an atmosphere. It's amazing. Yeah. So wait, what do you uh, what do you most enjoy about being a referee, though? Um, you know, if, if you don't mind, I probably would would break it down in uh, uh, three thoughts. Would be, uh, I really enjoy the camaraderie. 
Uh, you know, officials are neat people. They're good guys. They're good gals. Um, you know, they, they live decent jobs. They, they work hard getting with each other uh, and what we go through and the prep and, and how the games go. It's just a good camaraderie. I really, I really have made some uh, great friends that I'll, I'll have the rest of my life. And then I, the, the going back to the preparation, uh, that has been, that's been a lot for me. I've enjoyed that. And then probably believe it or not, something that I don't know if, if uh, people would think of this, but as an official losing myself in the game, that mm-hmm. has been a blessing. And you say, what, what, what exactly is that? If, if I could say it like this, you know, when I, when I toss that ball up, nobody in the crowd really cares about who I am. They don't care if I've had a good day. They don't care if I've had a bad day. Right. If I miss a call, they're going to be upset, you know? <laughs> so I have to take my world and for that four quarters, it's, it's, it's just, I lose myself in the game. I put everything else out, you know, really before that in the prep, but you know, it, it's game time. And so I've got to step up to the plate and whatever I've been carrying that day or whatever problems has happened or people sharing their problems that I've been working with for that moment as that ball goes up, because nobody cares about what I've been through. They want to know, <laughs> did he get that play right? <laughs> so you get to lose yourself in that game and uh that that's a that's a pretty uh, thrilling feeling to to go through that that is so cool how long do you see yourself because i mean everything you're saying josh i mean it seems like you're just in it man and you love it how long do you think you keep officiating for uh you know to be honest who knows knows? (laughs) Um, i I really don't know i i could do it another year i could do it uh, uh several more years it just depends on how this keeps going, how the Lord opens the door, and and uh, but it, it's been it's it's a, it's, a, it's very enjoyable, yeah. And I'm glad to give back. I also look at it as an opportunity to influence young people, even if I just get a few moments on the court with them, uh, because they can learn the integrity of the game. Uh, they can learn how to handle situations. You know, this is the high school level. This isn't the NBA. NBA is a different mindset. And here we are. These are young men, young women that are, are growing and, and hopefully they're developing for life and how to be a good citizen in society. And as, as maybe people don't realize, but as officials, sometimes we take that in account. You know, that's why we have to serve the game, keep integrity. And, and um, because we can influence someone to be a better somebody, you know. Right. Man, that, that's so cool. And, and kind of the flip side to that, you know, you know, what's your, what's your favorite part about being a referee? What part do you enjoy most? What do you kind of enjoy least about being an official? Oh, yeah. What do I enjoy least? Uh, <laughs> the whole list well, yeah, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just give uh, uh, three things. Number one would be time away from my family. Right. That's right. the hardest thing. Uh, I've got a beautiful wife, four girls. And so, you know, you, you, they're, they're all in this too. My wife is a big player uh, as an official because she gives – that time and that understanding and she's my big supporter and our girls and then um missing plays that are impact plays right um, even though they help me and they grow me man you know i'm the kind of guy after that big and i can hear one of my official friends telling me you're that kind of guy josh because you care and I, he's telling me that to make me feel good <laughs> but when i miss a play that's an impact play that thing's going to eat on me for a while. You know, I'm going to go home. I'm going to be thinking about it. I'll wake up just like as a coach, you know, how coaches are. 
uh, you think about that game for a few days. And so and then I'll get the clip and, oh, man, look, I blew this thing right here. <laughs> and, and so and then probably the last thing is uh, uh, and, and I want to say it's the right way. Um, is that, uh, you know, we all want to be liked. Sometimes you're not liked. Uh, so, you know, being the bad guy, I guess, uh, I don't like that. I don't like it when, uh, uh, you know, you make a call and it's intense and, and it doesn't go that team's way. And, you know, sometimes they don't like you at that moment. And uh, I, I would like to think that when you walk into an arena and you got stripes on, everybody sees you as just another big, important part of the game to keep safe and equality. But right. usually they walk in, they start saying, hey, there's the bad guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not everyone. Please don't misunderstand me, you know, like you two gentlemen and many other people. I've got right. great coaches I admire. But that'd be the least uh, that I, uh, I like of the game, those, uh, those thoughts. Well, and Josh, you know, there was actually one game that you were refing for us. You were officiating the game. And I was looking, I don't know, I was just looking at the play. And then somebody made the call. I think it was you. I don't even remember what the situation was. And I remember being like, wait, what? And then you turned around and you made the call. And I was like, well, it's Josh. I'm sure you got it right. And I was like, man, I, I just, I couldn't even like, I couldn't even like in my mind to get frustrated towards you just because, and this is before I even know all this preparation type stuff. You just got a really nice way about you, man. So yeah, I think if there's any official that has a chance of being somewhat liked, I mean, I think you got a shot at that. (laughs) That's cool. I appreciate it. Appreciate that. Have you ever had any crazy fan like coach situations while officiating? You know, I've been pretty blessed. Um, Anybody that officiates for, a good while and does a lot of games and I've had the privilege of doing a lot of games, you're going to have interesting moments, you know? <laughs> uh, but uh, to say a crazy fan moment or coach moment, I've been pretty blessed to, to really not have to experience those kind of moments. And so, you know, I'm very grateful for that. I think maybe the most awkward moment is when, you know, you get booed and there's been some, there's been, a, I can remember a game. I don't remember the teams, but I just remember the feeling of, where the play I got, I got it wrong. And uh, everybody in the gym decided to boo together, not just the team uh, that it was on. They all decided to boo me. And, uh, you you know, then the other officials in the locker room, they're like, man, we heard this big boo. I said, yeah, that that was me, you know. Uh, But I've I've been blessed uh, to not have any of those kind of moments, which I'm very grateful for. That's nice, man. Well, I'm, I'm thankful for your sake, man. What, let's just, <laughs> let, let me set up a scenario for you, okay? Let's just say that, that I'm coaching and you're officiating. What do I have to say to you to get teed up or to get tossed from the game? Well, you know, I try to be very specific in the rule book. And so, you know, when you look at the NFHS rule book, um, rule 10 in there, which is just another part of the game, you got – violations and then you got rule 10 which deals with fouls and penalties and article six goes into committing unsporting fouls and under there it talks about disrespecting uh disrespectfully addressing gesturing or contacting official that would get somebody Mm -hmm. a technical or using as it says in the rule book of nfhs using profane inappropriate language or obscene gestures you know those things that attack the integrity of the game um, those would give a coach or a player technical the teed up, as you said, Josh, I would be shocked if anybody had the courage to put their hands on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
you know, some people get, uh, get worked up in the moment, you know, so uh, I try to be very mindful when it comes to a coach that, um, you know, coach is they're involved in the game and I know it uh, right. just like I'm involved in players. And so there's a difference between acting and reacting. And sometimes a coach can react and Hey, it's part of the game. Right. And, uh, but I know I have to be very mindful that sometimes that reaction turns into an action and they on purpose go to a next step, you know, and uh, violate one of those rules in the rule book. So. <laughs> yeah. We were just talking about that before you got on that, you know, as coaches, we really set the tone and we have an opportunity to really treat situations a lot better than what we probably like normally do. And, you know, I, I use the example that, you know, we don't yell at the waiter in our restaurant or yell at our mechanic. They do something wrong, you know, like we mm -hmm. just kind of deal with it. But even as I say that, I know I've been in coaching situations and it like what you just said, it just feels like it's life or death, man. You're like, what? How could you <laughs> miss that? You know, so it's, it's that tough balance, you know. Yeah, that's right. No, well put. Well said. <laughs> Is there a school you really enjoy going to and officiating the most? Well, I just like, I, I enjoy going everywhere, you know, small, <laughs> small school where there's just a few folks uh, or, you know, a bigger school. I, I, I've been blessed. You know, Northern Arizona. Five. Say what? Those are the top five, not in order. If you don't want to buy line. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot here, Josh. <laughs> I just want to know. I have to know. Up north schools, any of those reservation schools you like going to? Any They're all those are all good places. Keep talking, you know. Camp Verde's a great place, you know. <laughs> uh, I love walking into Camp Verde's gym. The staff there, the fans, you know, that it's good stuff. Uh, I've, I don't, I'll tell you this. I don't have any place in my mind that uh, when I get an assignment, I'm going, oh my goodness, I do not want to walk into that gym. Wow. So wherever you go, you're just kind of like, okay, like this is where I'm, this is where I'm officiating at. I like that. I like that mindset. I like um, it a lot too. So like, during, you know, this year has been pretty crazy, but you know, we're all grateful that we were able to have a season. Uh, what was mm -hmm. it like officiating that with no fans, you know, was it easier or harder? Do you prefer them being there or do you prefer them not being there? You know, it, that, that uh, was interesting. Um, you know, Pluses and negatives to everything, but of course, fans make the game so much better. Uh, but I'll right. say this, you know, when, when it's an empty gym, that third assistant that's on the bench that you would never hear say a negative thing, you hear them <laughs> or you hear her. So, you know, that's one thing I'm like, oh, man, you know, they're talking about something that we missed or uh, but, uh, you know, the, I, something I, I read a statement um, from one of the coaches this year in a rival game. And I thought they summed up pretty good is when COVID was going and we had just started the games and there was a rival game, which usually would have a packed house. And one of the coaches said something to this effect. They said, our players had to bring their own energy tonight. And uh, man, there's some truth to that. Um, I've had the privilege of officiating great uh, or a high-skilled basketball game, a high-level game, where there's two top teams in the nation of this division uh, officiate, and I'm getting to officiate it in a tournament where no one's there. And it's just like, you know. That's interesting, man. It's a great game. It's great skills. You're seeing phenomenal ball. But, you know, I'd rather be going to that small gym where it's lower level, 
packed house. Everyone, this is my home team, and we're going to win tonight. I mean, that brings up such an intensity. You know, fans make the game so much better when they're there cheering on their team, getting involved. It brings an energy level. I'm so I'm so thankful we have fans come, you know, so. Did, did you, like, notice a difference when the fans were allowed to return? Like, did you notice that they were a little bit more maybe outspoken about things, a little bit more angry? Um, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think um, – I don't think any game I did or any official I talked to, uh, you know, really came into something. Maybe y'all saw some things that we did not. Gotcha. Uh, I know. So I know that um, they were wearing masks. They couldn't speak that loud while they were yelling. You know, <laughs> it kind of <laughs> muffles it a little bit. You know, it's kind of nice. It does. <laughs> no, I, I, I was blessed uh, to not run into any kind of moments like that. So. Good, man. That's good. Hopefully we never have to go through another season like this again. And hopefully we see you reffing in Arizona small ball for, for a good bit, you know, that'd be fun. Mm. Josh, thanks so much for talking with us. It's been super fun. And like, honestly, I, I hope that there's officials listening to this because I think there's a lot that all of us could learn from as a coach. I know I'm kind of approaching things a little bit different just from hearing how your preparation is. Hopefully um, officials and even players listening to this, you know, so when somebody makes a call, just understand them like, hey, doing the best that they can. And there's a lot of preparation cool. that goes into it that some of these officials do. Yes, sir. No, I appreciate that. Uh, I know y'all work hard and um, we as officials, we want to work hard. And I know we can't be perfect, but uh, we try to strive to be excellent. You know, if we can go out there and, and, and do our very best, I'm, I'm very pleased with that. Well, thank you so much for hopping on the show, man. It was definitely worth the wait to have you on here, man. Cool. I'm, I'm honored, and uh, I look forward to checking y'all out as uh, y'all keep going on with this. Okay. Oh, that's sweet, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. If you want to be a part of the action, you can find us on Facebook. For players, check us out on Instagram, and you can follow us on Twitter at SmallBallPodAZ. Hop on Apple Podcasts and write us a review. Don't forget to like and subscribe so that way you never miss an episode. 